you might have trust issues. Right. You might be a little suspicious. Mm -hmm. You might have even put a wall around your heart, right? A wall will keep you safe, but it will keep Mm -hmm. you single. Right. People can't get in to hurt you, but they can't get in to love you either. Yes. Right. These are natural things that we do. We don't want to be hurt again. If we've been lied to and cheated, it's almost impossible unless you do some work on it Mm -hmm. to not bring that with you. Right. Right. So I often say we end up getting in the, these relationships that are like the menage a trois from hell. <laughs> right. It's it's me and it's you and my past. And the right. three of us are in this relationship. Yes. Hello, friend. It's Wendy Valentine, your hostess with the Midlife Mostess coming at you live from the RV. Welcome to the Midlife Makeover Show. If you are ready to get unstuck, take courageous action and reclaim your life, I am the wild and wise woman for you. Let me tell you, I've been there. I've gone through divorce. I was at a job I definitely didn't love. I've lost some amazing people in my life and I have cried buckets of tears along the way. The great news is that I've made it through to the other side. Oh yeah. My breakdown became my breakthrough. I know your greatest breakthrough is on the other side of saying yes to life. It's time to stop being stuck and stop playing small. It's time to go from surviving to thriving. If you're done living a life that doesn't set your soul on fire, this is the podcast for you. Let's get this midlife party started, shall we? Hello, midlifers. I hope you are having a great day. And if you're not having a great day, I hope to make it a better day for you. That is always my intention And hopefully today's episode will brighten your day. I think you will find it to be quite insightful and inspiring. It definitely was for me. I learned so much from our guest today. Before I introduce you to Roy, though, I have a little surprise for you. Okay, wait. It's not a little surprise. It's a big surprise, like huge I am offering an absolutely awesome gift to one midlifer out there, just one. This gift is for the midlifer that is feeling a little lost, a little frustrated, a little confused in their midlife, been there, done that. Maybe you're going through a divorce. Maybe you need to regain your health. Maybe you need a career change, or maybe you just simply feel blah and you don't know what you need. Whatever it is that is bringing you down, I want to help you feel good again. I want to help you write the next chapter of your life. I dig that. I love that. The next exciting chapter of your life. If that midlifer is you, and you would like for me to guide you to an extraordinary life, then this is what I'm going to do for you. You will receive five, one, two, three, four, five private one-hour coaching sessions done via Zoom with moi, your hostess of the Midlife Mostess, valued at over $1,500, holy moly, and you will receive my Midlife Makeover Method online course valued at $197. And you will be a guest on the Midlife Makeover Show valued at, I mean, hello, priceless. (laughs) And of course, we can keep you anonymous on the show if you'd like. The most important part of this gift will be your gift of transformation for yourself. The gift of changing your life and becoming the next best version of you. I dig that. We will do the Midlife Makeover Method course together, just me and you. I will coach you, mentor you, guide you, and help you jumpstart your badass midlife. Oh, yeah, yeah. At the completion of our time together, I will have you as a guest on the show to share your fabulous results and how you are applying your new wisdom into your life. If this gift is something you would like to receive, here's what you need to do. Send me an email at hello at wendyvalentine.com 
And just simply let me know in a few sentences where you're at in your life and why you need a midlife makeover. My team and I will look at all the entries and we will decide who is the lucky midlifer to receive this gift of transformation. I am taking entries until June 30th, so get that email sent to me ASAP. Okay, now let's introduce our groovy guest today, Roy Biancalana. I just love saying that. Roy Biancalana. He is a certified relationship coach and a nationally recognized expert in the field of attraction and conscious relationships and the host of the Attracting Lasting Love podcast. Along with being a frequent TV analyst, Roy is the author of the three number one best-selling books, the latest of which is Relationship Boot Camp, Hardcore Training for Life, Love, and the Pursuit of Intimacy. For the past 15 years, Roy has been supporting single people in the art of attracting healthy, sustainable, intimate relationships. His experience has taught him that getting in relationship shape is the key to attracting lasting love. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Roy Biancalana. Roy Biancalana, welcome to the Midlife Makeover Show. I am excited to be here. I don't know <laughs> Wait, if I want to say I'm, your name again. Roy Biancalana. Okay. Yeah, it does kind of roll off your tongue. I don't know if I'm up for many makeovers. That's not really my thing, but maybe relationship. You don't need a midlife makeover. Yeah, yeah with relational makeovers, maybe. That sounds yes, like my, my yes, cup of tea. I think we all need that. So tell everyone a little bit about what you do and why you do what you do. Yeah. Yeah. There's quite a story here, right? I, I never envisioned myself being a coach. I never kind of set out to do this. It sort of came up and grabbed me because of my history with divorce and being dumped and breakups and that kind of thing. So, you know, very quickly, I was married for 19 years and that relationship you know, it became kind of a platonic, uh, co-parenting functional relationship. Mm -hmm. We lost the man woman part. We were more brotherly sisterly. Um, so I'm sure that wasn't really great for her, but it certainly wasn't good for me. I initiated a divorce and I made what I consider to be, you know, a major mistake at the time. Although, you know, I was doing the best I knew how to do, but after that, I didn't take a moment to work on myself. I didn't take a moment to reflect and maybe to learn. I just rebounded immediately Mm. into a relationship that was really the opposite. It was like all sexual. So Mm. at the time that was wonderful because it had been so long, but I never really did any work in between. And so I brought a lot of, well, what I learned was my baggage with me. And so I was with her for about two and a half years, we were engaged to be married and she dumped me about six months before the wedding. Oh, and that one destroyed me. Okay. That, yeah. that was, that brought on what I consider to be like a, a one year long midlife crisis. Ooh. I mean, I was a mess. I mean, I yeah. couldn't sleep. I had just obsessive thinking. I had heart palpitations. I was a lousy father that year. My career suffered. I, I was just an absolute mess and in pain. And that's when I made my second little blunder. I often tell my clients, if you just do the opposite of everything I've done, your love life is going to be great. Okay. So I didn't reflect at all after the marriage and just jumped in. I didn't reflect at all after being dumped by my fiance. I was just in so much pain. I did the only thing I knew how to do to survive, which was I joined like four different dating sites. Mm -hmm. I was just going to find me a new woman to help me forget about the last one. Yep. So even though at the time I actually thought this is funny now, but I thought that I was emotionally available to meet someone new. Uh, in reality, I was using these women mm. to sort of distract me from my pain. And yeah. so I, I really wasn't a- available. And so you can imagine the amount of drama that I caused because of the mixed signals or the the misalignment that, that I was in. I, I wasn't really that aware of it at the time. I was just trying to survive. But in, in the middle of all of this drama now, a friend of mine, brilliant person, 
says, Roy, maybe you need to, to work with someone. <laughs> and really, it's funny now, but at the time I was like, really? Why? Because here's one of the major things that I think if the viewer or listener is going to take anything away, this would be it. I really thought that my relationship troubles were just because I hadn't met the right person yet. Mm. I really thought it was them. Mm. Oh, my ex-wife, blah, 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 my ex-fiance, all you crazy women online. <laughs> it, it, it might be the size of my ego, although I found that this is pretty normal mm. to not even consider that maybe it's me. Right. Like maybe I'm doing something. Maybe I'm unaware of a blind spot. Maybe my childhood is affecting my ability to relate. Mm -hmm. Maybe I've got limiting beliefs. <clears throat> maybe, maybe there's something going on with me that is creating this nightmare. But I was in the mindset of pointing the finger. I was blaming everyone else. Right. right? And so when I was told to maybe hire a coach, um, it was like, at first, why? But then I decided to do it because I was in so much pain. Mm. I had to do something because I, obviously this wasn't working. And I started out in the coaching process, sort of wanting to tell my coach how and why it was all the woman's fault that things were so bad. Right. And right off the bat, she just cut me off. Like, I don't want to hear about the women. Okay? I'm sure they have issues. Fine. Mm -hmm. I want to know if you're willing to look in the mirror. I, I want to know if you're willing to take responsibility and at least open up to the possibility that you're doing things that you don't even know you're doing, that there are forces operating in you you're unaware of. And, and that is at least as much as responsible for what's happening as any of, of the woman's issues. Right. And so I, I sort of went kicking and screaming into that. I, I, I At first, I really didn't buy that. But I, 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 I was willing to look. I, I, I sort of said, "Oh, I'll play cage." Okay, yeah. But, <laughs> but, but I found out that it was me. But yeah, I found out that no, that women did have issues. But I really did have blind spots. I really did have what I call relationship personas. I really did have mommy issues. Mm -hmm. I really did have things that were playing themselves out, and I had just never seen them. Mm -hmm. And so when they were pointed out and then I began to work on me, instead of just saying, help me find a better girl, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. When I worked on me and made those changes that, I mean, very quickly, almost frighteningly quickly, was I able yeah. to meet, date and fall in love with and get married to an amazing woman. I and mean, that's the picture of us right there in our honeymoon, which, which is now 14. <laughs> 14 years ago. Right. But, but now it. I'm in a great relationship here in my little ring. Um, <laughs> and I became a coach mm -hmm. because I want to do for other people what my coach did for me. I love it. She held my feet to the fire and said, no, 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 you're not going to sit here and blame the men or the women or whatever it is in a person's situation. Are you willing to look at yourself? And I want to do that for other people, for people that are willing to be brave enough to look in the mirror yep. because here's the thing. My love life now is completely different. Mm -hmm. I mean, rarely we have any drama, right? We mm -hmm. have fun together. It's, it's really what like I, hanging I thought out with, was your, with your possible. best friend. Right. It, I didn't get lucky. It wasn't yeah. like the stars got aligned for me or the gods like me. It's that I followed a certain process. I asked certain questions. I looked at certain places in my life that is transferable, mm -hmm. right? And I, so I tell my clients, if you do what I did, you can have the same results I got because I didn't get lucky. I did a certain process. And so now what I do as a coach is I'm a little bit like, you remember that movie, um, The Lion, the Witch and the Ro Wardrobe, um, um, The Chronicles of Narnia? Oh, yes. Yeah, remember yeah, that? yeah. That's Where really Lu good, yeah. Lucy just kind of wanders into a, a, a closet little thing and- <laughs> She finds Narnia out the back door. Yeah. And she's like, oh my God, yes. look at what I found. And then she says, wait a minute, I, I got to go back and tell my friends about this place. Mm -hmm. Right. So I feel kind of like Lucy. I'm mm -hmm. like, I, I stumbled into a wardrobe closet and I found, I found a way 
to create healthy, sustainable relationships. I, I discovered the process of what to work on and the questions to ask. And I'm like, I can't keep this to myself. I, I got to go back and I got to tell people, hey, you got to come see what I found here. Right. I, so my life is about inviting people into the same journey of self-awareness, of self-discovery, mm-hmm. of changing yourself, which changes the whole outside world of your life. And so that's why I'm a coach is to just say, I'm like one beggar telling other beggars where to find bread. Right. I found a good bread line. (laughs) You guys got to come, right? So so I just appeal to people out there that that feel like you're hopeless. You feel like I Mm want to find a great relationship, but oh my God, I mean, why it doesn't it work? Why do I get in like Groundhog Day, which we might talk about, like this repeating thing over and over again. Right, yeah. Like, what do I do about that? Well, I can help with that. You can help with that. I mean, that's mm-hmm. kind of what we do. Right. And and I just had to get the guts to actually say, I need help from someone. Yeah. To, to show yeah, me yeah, something I, think- I don't see, which is not easy to do. It's kind of right. hard on the ego. But we can always continue doing the same things we've done and getting the same damn results. If, if right. you want more pain, then just keep doing what you're doing. It takes courage, as you know, to dive into all that work and to actually face yourself. And I mean, I think there is, you know, of course we, we live in the present moment, but there is beauty to looking in the past and going, okay, what, what did happen there and how can I learn from this so that when I move into the future, and as you said too, it's like, I mean, it's like we, we get on autopilot and we're just going about, you know, relationships subconsciously with what we've been taught. And as you know, it goes all the way back sometimes to childhood, usually. Yep. Sure. Yeah. 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 And then we just continue there. it on. Yeah. Right. Yeah. There's that phrase, you know, those who don't learn from history are destined to repeat it. And, mm-hmm. and that's not for geopolitics. Right. That's for us individually. Those who don't learn from their history are just going to repeat it. Mm-hmm. And so that's that's what this is, to stop and say, all right, it's not them. It's not that I haven't found the right person yet. It's that I'm doing something to attract it all, to create it all, to participate in all of it. Mm-hmm. And if I can discover what those things are and then shift those things, right. well, then the, it's like rewriting a script of a movie. Well, yeah. The movie begins to have a happy ending. Mm-hmm. So you're, you can have a romantic comedy that has a happy ending instead of a tragic drama that right. ends, you know, yucky. Yeah. <laughs> you <laughs> we want a good movie. We want a Narnia or whatever. <laughs> Why not? Yeah. So for you, and by the way, we're very similar in the sense that, you know, we were in marriages, you know, I had, it was almost 20 years, great, great man. And it's just that very similar. We were just like, became like brother and sister. It was mm. like, okay, I have nothing against you. You have nothing against me, but it's yeah. just wasn't working anymore. Right. And, um, you know, I, and the, one of the things that I did do after that relationship was, all right, I've got to get right with me. Mm. And considering the relationships that I've had in the past, I didn't want to repeat it. Because as you know, I was like, God, if you do repeat it, it's so much, (laughs) so much work to have to deal with a lot of those same issues. It's exhausting. It's painful. And and you waste, you waste some years of your life. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, exactly. So for you, what, if you don't mind sharing, what was like one of your biggest things that you had an issue with in relationship and how did you go about fixing that? Yeah. One of the things that I discovered was that I was relating from what I call a relationship persona. Mm. Right? A persona is a mask. It, it comes mm. from a Greek word um, that it refers to somebody on a stage back in ancient times where you put a mask on, you played a role. Mm. Right. So a persona is is a role that we play. And in this context, it's it's a fear driven way of being in the world that you have learned, I need to be this way in order to feel secure or to satisfy a need or to be successful at something. Mm -hmm. So not to get into too much child psychology, but what happens in your childhood, you want to feel secure. You want to get your needs satisfied. You, you want to succeed in whatever you're doing, even if it's just connecting with the people around you. Right. But you quickly learn as a little person, who do I need to be 
to get more attention and affection and approval and applause and less rejection or punishment or being yes. ignored. Yes. And so we we become what our environment seems to reward and we sort of disown the parts of us that don't seem to get any praise. In fact, they might get punishment. Right. But in that process, we lose track of our authentic selves. Mm-hmm. We, we've just become, because we're afraid, we've just become what we seem to become. So here's a little bit of my history. Here's what I discovered when I was working with my coach is that my relationship with my mother is where this came from. So not to get into too much of the deep weeds, Yeah. but my, my mother was kind of a perfectionist. Mm-hmm. Okay. She, she met our physical needs, but emotionally she was kind of distant. She was kind of harsh and demanding. You got to do it this way and rules oriented, now, as a little boy, I want to be close to my mommy, right? In a sense, right. you could say she's my first girlfriend. She's my first contact with, <laughs> with that creature. Okay? Yeah. So I learn a lot from that. That's all I have, right? Right. Yeah. And so what I learned is to, to get the attention and affection from my mother, to feel warmth, to feel connection. If I sort of ignored what I needed, what I wanted, and my agenda, and that kind of, and I just made my life be about mommy, what do you need? Right. If I became a good boy mm-hmm. and sort of fulfilled her agenda, if Please. mommy was happy and everybody was happy. Yeah. So if if I made my life be about sort of taking care of hers, I felt some warmth. I, I felt some connection. Right. If I was more quote selfish, I I, I didn't get punished per se, but I felt distance. Mm-hmm. So I grew up unconsciously learning, well, this is the way you get close to girls. Right. As you make your life be about taking care of them. Now you fast forward. I'm 40, 45, 50, and I'm functioning as what I call Roy the rescuer. Mm-hmm. Because I'm under this belief, under this spell, I've become this person who believes the way you get attention and affection from a beautiful woman is about making your life take care of hers. Right. right? Mm-hmm. So I called this guy, Roy, the rescuer. And I'm going to tell you what I was like within a couple of weeks in a relationship. And some of the people listening to this might say, Oh, that sounds wonderful. But keep in mind, I was doing this not because I wanted to, right. But because underneath, I felt like I was afraid you wouldn't like me unless I do this. Mm-hmm. So I'm just doing it to get laid. I'm just doing it <laughs> to get some connection with you. Right. So within weeks, Roy, the rescuer was raising this girl's children, mm. getting them up, up out of bed, making them breakfast, taking them to school, doing their laundry, helping them with their homework. I was cleaning the house. I was doing the shopping. I was doing the dishes. I was cutting the grass. I was washing her car. I was doing her laundry. Like I was doing everything to sort of take care of her life. Mm. So she had nothing else to do, but take care of me. If you know what I mean? Uh-huh, right? Uh-huh. right. But I was doing this from fear. If, if somebody wants to be a Mr. Mom and that's the way they express love, that's beautiful. Right. 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 It wasn't love for me. Right. It was more manipulation. It was like, I got to do this. I got to be this guy right. in order to get this woman to want to have sex with me and love me mm-hmm. and have this kind of thing. So, so when I hired my coach, my complaint was Diana, that was her name, Diana, why do I, how come all the women in the world, like these women I meet, they have these high powered careers. I mean, they're kicking ass. They're taking names. They're making huge money. Yeah. They work 60 to 80 hours a week, but they're overwhelmed. They're like drowning. They, they, they're single mothers. They just can't take care of their. They can't take care of their kids. They're lousy mothers. They mm-hmm. they can't manage their household. They're just overwhelmed by all this responsibility, right? And she's like, "Well, what you're describing is a damsel in distress." Mm. Well, of course you're going to attract that because you think you are Roy the rescuer. Right. See, rescuers have to have someone to rescue. So you're not going to feel any chemistry or any connection to a woman who's got her shit together. Yeah, exactly. She may yep. want support. She may want to be loved. And if you could, if you could help, that'd be great. But she's got it. She's on her game, right? She's not overwhelmed and losing her mind. 
But when you're when you see yourself as I have to rescue someone to get them to love me, then you're going to find a woman who needs to be rescued. Right. So don't bitch about her. You require that. Yeah, yeah, and requested it. it. Like I want that woman. Right. So that you yes. Exactly. It gives you that that purpose too, right? Right, right. So Uh what I learned is we all come out of our childhoods with a kind of psycho-emotional shape, like the shape Mm -hmm. of a piece of a puzzle, right? You made puzzles when you were a little girl, a bunch of pieces. Well, every piece, the piece doesn't go with just any other piece. It's got to find its reciprocal match, right? Mm -hmm. So we come out of our childhoods with a psycho-emotional shape that will go with another one. Mm. And so the rescuer fits with the damsel. It doesn't fit with with a strong a woman, woman that would yes yes right you get me? shit together <laughs> it, exactly exactly this so yeah. so the mistake I was making is I was just wanting to I want to find a woman who's got it together and I want to find this better quality woman and that's what I hear from my clients I want a healthier man. I want a better woman. I want a more conscious man, more purposeful. He's trustable. He's this, he's that. As long as I'm a rescuer, I could walk into a bar of a hundred women. And the only woman in the room that I'd find attractive or be attracted to me would be the one who's overwhelmed. I just can't do it all. It's just so hard. Right. I'm like, oh, I'm the perfect boyfriend for you. Right. (laughs) Right. So I had to wake up to all this, but here's the thing. If people, if people listening to this and watching this, if you're like, I, what's your pattern? Do you attract emotionally unavailable men? Do you attract, let's say men who are like wounded soldiers. They're kind of broken down. They're like a car at the side of the road. That's all broken down. needs to be fixed up. Mm-hmm. Right. Or do you keep attracting narcissists? Okay. So if you're in that kind of pattern, then you must be showing up with a persona that matches that. Yeah. So if you keep attracting narcissists, you must be in an unhealthy way too unselfish. Mm-hmm. Right? Because narcissists, it's all about me, right? I'm self-absorbed. The world revolves around me. I'm the most important thing in the world. Two narcissists can't be in the same relationship. They'll no. beat the uh-uh. hell out of people. Yeah. Right? Exactly. No, it's about me. No, it's about me. No, it's about me. <laughs> right. The narcissist needs to explode immediately. Yeah. Right, right. The narcissist, (laughs) it's about me. He needs someone to say, yes, it is about you. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Right. So the idea is I don't, I want to find a man who's not narcissistic. That ain't it. Mm -hmm. It's about letting go of that. I'm this unselfish person that doesn't matter. I don't count. I don't kind of deserve to take up the space in the room persona. Mm -hmm. When you stop being that, the narcissist won't, there won't be any chemistry there. Right. So, right. So I could be, yeah. I could say all, all day, I, I don't want a damsel in distress till I'm blue in the face. And it wouldn't matter if I was still Roy the rescuer. Mm-hmm. But the minute I can find my authentic self, now the damsel doesn't fit anymore. Now the I've shaped, I've changed my shape. Mm. What I am as a coach is a, a shape shifter. I help people see what shape they are that's responsible for all their nightmares. You mm-hmm. see how I can't blame the women now? If I'm in a shape, well, I'm re- I need these women to be damsels. Right. So how can I blame them? How can I blame my ex-wife, my ex-fiance, another? It, it it's me. This is the this is why I say the law of attraction can ruin your love life. Right. It's because the law of attraction means like attracts like. Right. Which means I'm going to attract after my shape. So if I'm not very healthy, I'm going to attract someone who's not very healthy. We're right. going to be on that level. And, and then you get the law of attraction working against you. Right. So how do you make the law of attraction work for you? It's not about finding a better partner. It's about changing your shape. Mm-hmm. Because if I'm shaped in a healthier way, I'm going to attract a healthier shape. Right. Now the law of attraction works for me. So forget your vision boards mm-hmm. and your lists. That's being <laughs> made that. by your, your persona is writing that stuff. Yeah. I need a man who's this. No. Do the work here, find out what your shape is, change that, and that changes everything. Yeah. So the watershed moment in my coaching with my coach was not when I saw that, because that was that was like, holy crap. That's when I I, I felt forgiveness for all mm-hmm. the women in my life, because up to I was blaming them, right? It was right. all their fault. Well, now I saw, well, they had to be that way 
because Roy the Rescuer required it, right? So forgiveness happened. And the aha, like no wonder, okay? But then I asked my coach, I said, I don't even know who I would be if I wasn't that guy. Because I just thought I was just the world's greatest boyfriend. I just thought I was a really nice guy. I wasn't. I was a phony guy trying to be a certain way to get women to like me. Follow mm-hmm. me? So I asked Mike, I don't even know who I'd be if I wasn't Roy the Rescuer. And her response, I will never forget it. She said, welcome to the path. Nice. That's what the journey's about. Discovering right. the false you and then finding out, well, if I'm not that, then who am I? Right. What is the authentic me? And so the rest of our time was just trying to find the Roy who's not scared of rejection, mm. scared of not being approved of, not being wanted. Like one of my big stories is I wasn't desirable. I wasn't mm. desirable, which you can huh. see came from my mother, right? Right, right. Yeah, like, exactly. Right? Yeah. So I had to find the authentic me. Mm-hmm. And when I when I did, now I'm moving from that place, not from my needy place, right? Not from the rescuing thing. Now I'm showing up as a whole person, able to give, right? able to receive, and functioning at a more conscious, mindful level. And lo and behold, I bump into a woman who I later found out had just come out of three years of therapy because she was getting herself in what I call relationship shape. Because that's my tagline, right? Yeah, I, I love I put it. this work, like get yeah. yourself in relationship condition, get, get relationally yep. fit, mm-hmm. get in shape. And yep. so when I met her, I had done all my work and she had done hers. I just went to a personal growth conference. I, I knew the speaker. This is a funny little story. I, I knew the speaker. I knew I played golf with her husband before, but I never had met her. Mm-hmm. So I went up on the stage. Her name was Dr. Kathleen Hendricks. Some people might know of that name. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dr. Gay Hendricks yeah, is her husband. Yeah. So I went up and talked to her. Hey, I'm Roy. I play golf with your husband. Oh, Roy. And then we're getting ready to start the workshop. It was a weekend workshop. And I was interested in the topic and the teacher. And so I turned on, I was on the stage. So I just turned around, just look over the crowd. It's like 80, 90 people out there. I'm like, all right, who's the best looking chick in the room? <laughs> and I just went down, sat next to her. We got married 18 months later. Oh my gosh. Because Roy, the rescuer, didn't sit down next to her. It yeah. was, it was, it was me. And she right. had done her work because she had her own persona. Say, stuff. Yeah, both of you and, sat down. The healthy yeah. her sat there. Yeah. And we were able then to create something really cool, right? So that's it. what's possible. But I don't think it's possible unless you, I think you need to hire someone to do this kind of work. I don't know if you yeah. can figure this stuff out on your own because you're the one doing it. Right. I, like I, I said, I yeah, never I, knew. I totally I, agree. I totally agree because I, you I can read as many books boyfriend. as you yeah, you can read right. as many books as you want and and attend uh, you know seminars, but no one's going to be there to tell you like, excuse me, <laughs> right? Well, this is going on. You might want to work on this. If you have unconscious things happening, if you have right. blind spots, then by definition you can't see them. Right. So you need someone else to put a mirror up to say. Yeah. Do you see, I see this. Do you see this? Yeah. <laughs> do you want to, do you want to look in this area? Oh my God. I, I can't believe that that's a part of what I'm doing. I never, I never saw that. I never knew about Roy the rescuer. Yeah. I really did think I was just a really genuinely nice guy. So how does somebody strengthen those muscles, if you will, and, yeah. you know, moving into a relationship, how do they go about doing that? Yeah, that's, that's the work is, in my terminology is strengthening what I call the seven most important relationship muscles. They're just areas of our life that need to be strong. Nice. And I've just, I just touched on one of them. Yeah. Um, the relationship persona one. Um, another one that's just a juicy topic. I mean, it's just kind of like, Oh, Roy, don't talk about that one. <laughs> but in this context of what this podcast is about, it's our relationship with our past. Oh, that's, yeah. that's one of the muscles, mm-hmm. right? Our past, every, everyone's got a past. Everyone's got baggage, right? I often joke, the only people that don't have baggage are the little babies in the maternity ward, yeah. okay? Right. The rest of us have some degree 
of pain and hurt from the past. Some people have tremendous trauma. Yeah. Uh, the rest of us just have the normal bumps and bruises from being broken up with and ghosted and dumped and hurt and lied to or betrayed, cheated on. Right. So we, we have this pain. Nobody wants to be hurt again. Mm-hmm. Right. So the issue becomes with your past, is it just something that happened to you? Mm-hmm. Or is it happening? Mm. In other words, is your past still alive in you? Ah, uh, yeah. Exactly. And the way you know is that you're still trying to protect yourself from getting hurt again. Mm-hmm. So you might be a little guarded. You might have trust issues. Right. You might be a little suspicious. Mm-hmm. You might have even put a wall around your heart, right? A wall right. will keep you safe, but it will mm-hmm. keep you single. Right. People can't get in to hurt you, but they can't get in to love you either. Yeah. Right. These are natural things that we do. We don't want to be hurt again. If we've been lied to and cheated, it's almost impossible unless you do some work on it Mm -hmm. to not bring that with you. Right. Right. So I often say we end up getting in these relationships that are like the menage a trois from hell. (laughs) Right. It's, it's me and it's you and my past. And the three of us are in this relationship. Yes. Right. And that, that just poisons it. It's projection. Right. I'm going to be fearful that you're going to do to me what my ex did. Mm-hmm. And it, it just mucks up the waters. It's just because you don't have a clean emotional slate. Right. You're not you're not able, actually, if, if I met you, I'm not able to meet you mm-hmm. and be with you. I'm seeing you through the lens of my past. Yeah. Right? I'm projecting onto you, you know, beautiful women with blonde, curly hair. Those, those <laughs> are dangerous. My, my ex had blonde, curly hair. And you're, you know, you know what I mean? It's a shallow way of saying it, but but this is what happens, right? Is your past is alive in you Mm -hmm. and it's going to come between you and make it very difficult for you to trust. And so here's what this looks like. Mm -hmm. Many people have the position when they start a relationship, they're coming from, all right, I don't trust you. Mm -hmm. You get to earn it. I want to watch the way you behave, your character and your behavior. And if you prove that you're trustworthy, then I'll open my heart and I will trust you. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's how most people do it. Right. The yep. problem is if you meet a good quality person, they're going to feel I'm being held accountable for something I haven't done. Like mm-hmm. I feel the resistance. I feel right. that you don't trust me. Basically like guilt. I don't want to prove to some woman that I'm good enough and I'm not that guy. Right. It's like, nope, nope. I'm going to go to that woman over there who's got her arms like wide open. Come get me. Come play. Come dance. So she is starting from, I trust you. I am wide open to you until you show me that I shouldn't trust you. And then I'm going to kick you in the balls and send you down the road. (laughs) Metaphorically, metaphorically. The difference (laughs) is I'm open and I'm available and let's play, right? That that's inviting. That's an inviting, radiant kind of energy right? versus, no, mm-hmm. I want to see you prove it to me. Mm-hmm. I want you to act a certain way, do certain things over some time, and then I'm going to take the walls down. Right. So you're kind of asking your partner to come to a date with a sledgehammer. Right? <laughs> I'm going to bring a sledgehammer trying to knock down your walls. I'm going to go to yeah. that woman or that guy who seems to be available to me. Mm-hmm. Now, mm-hmm. we all understand that. The issue is how can I get there, right? Right. How can I take the wall down? How can I clean the slate? Mm -hmm. Because I have been hurt right now. It's beyond the scope of what we can do here in 30 or 35 minutes. Right. But as a coach, I have a whole process on how people can let go of their past to where, okay, it happened. Okay. We're not going to give you a lobotomy. Like you forget it. No, it happened, but it's not happening. Right. I'm able to meet a new person. And I'm present. It's a little bit like in my former life, I used to play professional golf. Okay. Oh, very cool. And so I've I've worked with sports psychologists. All the sports psychology is basically the ability to meet the next pitcher at bat or shot or point mm-hmm. with a clean emotional slate. Hmm. If I'm hitting this golf shot and I'm still upset about the last one, right? I'm gonna screw this one up. So I've got to somehow let that go so that I can be present here, all my energy, all my attention, like nothing else has ever happened. And, and then I'm able to execute this shot. 
Mm-hmm. It's the same thing in our love lives. Right. Right. If you're meeting this person and that one's still alive in you, it, it's, it's just going to muck it up. Right. Yeah. So how do I clean that away so that I can meet Wendy mm-hmm. and see Wendy for who Wendy is right. not see Wendy through the lens of all the other women who have done me wrong. Yes. Right. Cause then yeah. you don't have a chance. And then maybe I sabotage because you're amazing, mm-hmm. but you're feeling something and you're like, nah, I'm going to that guy over there because yeah. he seems to be able to really see me and he doesn't have his junk. So that's the work I do with my clients is how do you, how do you clean off the blackboard from all the markings mm-hmm. and all. And that's that huge. Stuff. That's like, that's, it, would you would, do you think that's the most important one of them all? It's it probably is. It's certainly the most challenging one. It's it's the mm-hmm. one that um is gonna really sabotage you. There are some other things we could talk about the communication muscle. You know, yeah. most of us, most of us, when especially in the beginning, mm-hmm. we want someone to like us. So we have a tendency to sort of figure out, let me kind of show you the parts of me that I think you're going to like, but I'm not going to include the parts that I think might turn you off. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not going to tell you about my insecurity. I could be jealous and I could be possessive. I, or I've got an anger issue or I'm just going to, I'm going to show you the image that I like. And so it's, it's almost like those government documents when they, they, they release a top secret thing. It's got all the black lines on it. It's redacted. (laughs) So I'm showing you something but I'm right. blacking out all the part, all the, all the good stuff I'm blacking out. Yeah. We date that way. It's called, I call it redactive mm-hmm. dating because mm-hmm. we want to be liked. Right. So exactly. we're, we're sort of, we're, we're, I don't want to say we're faking it. That's almost too intense, but we're putting forth an image and then someone falls for us, mm-hmm. but we never get to feel secure because well, you, you fell for the one I showed you. Right. If you yeah. knew about the other stuff and then we, we have this phrase, the honeymoon's over. What does that mean? Mm-hmm. Well, they start to see the other stuff. Right. You follow me? So it's going yeah. to come out at some point. So I'm like communicating, are we revealing or concealing? Mm. Right. On a date, do we just show up where we don't reveal our bank accounts and our medical histories? No, not on a first date. Right. But right. we're in a place where I just, I want you to know me. Mm-hmm. I want you to know what's happening in here. Mm-hmm. Like, for example, let's, I, I, this happened with a client. I, I won't give her name, but she gives me permission to share this story. She met a guy who checks all the boxes, great career, good looking, you know, just didn't have any drama in his life, really paid attention, treated her well, right? Just, she's like, oh my God, this guy's great. Their first date, he has four cocktails. Okay. Now, for her, she was over there thinking, whoa, man, can he drive home? He's yeah. not even slurring his words. Does that mean he's got a high tolerance? Does he have a drinking problem? I don't, I, I don't want to get involved <laughs> with someone with a drinking problem. You know, so she's scaring herself with mm-hmm. the four drinks, which <clears throat> makes sense, right? But she didn't say anything. And he asked for another date and she said no. Mm. What mm. would have happened? If they're during dinner there and she says, you know what, man, you are checking every box. I'm like, I'm like over here saying our children would be beautiful. Okay. I mean, like <laughs> I am so far past this first date because you're amazing. And yet you've had four cocktails. I'm scaring myself. I'm like, does this guy have a drinking problem? I don't want to get involved with an alcoholic. I don't know. Mm-hmm. So I just wanted you to know that's what's happening over here on this date. I'm okay. revealing everything that's going on. I'm it's into being you open and, and honest. Right. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm just going to share it with you. Now that gives him a chance to respond to that, which he could say, you're a neurotic judgmental bitch, throw his drink <laughs> in your face and walk yeah. out. He could. Yeah. And if he does that, then you, you're probably glad you said it. You found out the way this right. guy is. Right. But he also could say something like, oh my God, you're right. I, I've gone overboard you are so amazing. I've just been nervous. And when I get nervous, I have a tendency because I just want to make a good impression. I want you to like me. And I think sometimes I'm funnier if I have a couple, but I never drink like this. Then you're like, oh, oh. Well, that's kind of sick, but cute. 
You know, it's like, right. right? And it's like, oh, so if that had happened, then she shouldn't have given up on this guy. Mm -hmm. Right. So the issue is, are we revealers or concealers? Are we just going to blurt? We're going to live out loud. Right. So that's a huge one. Right. And so, and, and those are just two of the, of the muscles that like I said, we could talk for hours on these things, but they're all, my, they're all, they're all in my book. Right. Yeah, what is, the, what is the last book that you have? The boot camp. One? Right. I've written, I've re- written three books. They're, they're oh my, my little angels around me. Uh, <sighs> this is my, my newest book is called relationship Boot Camp. They've all gone to number one on Amazon, which is cool. Nice. It's called relationship Boot Camp: hardcore training for life, love, and the pursuit of intimacy. So it's using the fitness metaphor. That's right. my thing. I, I'm trying to make it more interesting to talk about working on yourself. So mm-hmm. it's like physical fitness, it's relationship yeah. fitness. So right. it's hardcore training. And I, the book identifies seven relationship muscles that mm-hmm. you need to be strong if you want to be ready for something real. Okay. And we mentioned, yeah. we, we mentioned the past, we mentioned the communication, we mentioned the relationship persona issue, and mm-hmm. there's a lot more there. Right. And the book is great. Mm-hmm. Just like you can read about fitness in books. I've got some books on my shelves that are about fitness because I'm into yeah. fitness too. But that's not as good as going to the gym and having a trainer. Yes, that says, exactly. We got to focus on this muscle. You yeah, thought I think, you were strong. Uh, yeah, having not. a trainer or having a coach takes it to that next level, really. Right. And if right. you want, I mean, if, I would think that everyone wants a good relationship, intimate relationship in life. Right. That, right. So it's like, why not? Why not? And as soon as possible. Yeah. And I have so many, you know, people that, you know, listeners or followers that big thing is recently divorced and what do they do? They go right out there and they start, you know, swiping and going on a date. So like, yeah, you're hurting, you're you're hurting, you're lonely. You know, it's like, I did it. It makes sense. Some people I'm sure have done that. It's worked out great. Most right. people I talk to, they say, you know, I should, maybe I shouldn't stop dating, but in the midst, I should be taking some time to turn the mirror on myself and yes. to do some work so that out, because the, the relationship groundhog day is mm-hmm. when you are in a persona and you keep attracting the damsel, you know, right. or the narcissist or the right. wounded soldier, because you function as a nurse. You've mm-hmm. always had to take care of people in your life. When you took care of people, then people really loved you and they really liked you. So you've learned the way to get love is by taking care of people. Mm-hmm. Well, then you end up in relationships. Like why do every man I meet, he's kind of falling apart and I patch him up and take care of him. And then he leaves me. Right. Right. Well, <laughs> cause he's in a broken down persona and you're in a fix him up persona. And there you go. Right. So if you let go of your fixer upper persona, then you won't attract a house that needs to be transformed. <laughs> right, to, exactly. Find a house you can live in as it is. Like find a guy that's, you're good the way you are. I don't have to fix you up, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so there you what, go. That, what do you find is the the most common issue with people uh, in, in relationship? What is the common uh, limiting belief or pain. Yeah. Well, it's certainly, it's certainly the prop, the problem is caused by them Mm. instead of how am I creating this? Yeah. So that's, that's the number one. Um, Another one is the way we communicate and the way we handle emotions. We haven't talked about emotions, Mm. but emotions are sort of the touch point in a relationship. Mm -hmm. And most of us are not very emotionally intelligent. Yes. I, I do believe, and this might be sexist, I do believe that women sort of come from the factory a little more developed in that area. Yes. But that yes. doesn't mean women automatically know how to feel their feelings and how to express them in healthy ways. Right. And, nah, <laughs> right? It's just men are more cut off from them. Women right. are more in touch with them, but we both have the ability to somehow create drama with them. Yes. Like so. I can't handle other people's emotions coming at me. Mm-hmm. I don't know what to do with mine and how to have, because when you're healthy in your emotional realm, mm-hmm. your emotions lead to greater harmony and understanding and connection rather right. than division and difficulty and divorce. Right. And so we're just, nobody trains us as little people 
on how I know and then, to be ready for a relationship. I know. Right? I mean, nobody in school, I mean, maybe schools might try, but churches right. don't do it. We don't learn it usually in our family of origin. So nobody teaches and they, us and about masculine and feminine. The, yeah. And then they're doing what they've been taught. Right. Like your, right. your mom learned from probably her mom and then her right. dad. So my, my parents were not yeah. that emotionally intelligent. They weren't smarter mm-hmm. than a fifth grader. Right. <laughs> right. And, and then the whole communication thing about what it means to be a person of candor, you know, mm-hmm. but most of us are afraid. So we, we conceal in order to kind of control mm-hmm. things. Right. So we're, we're just not, we're not prepared. Right. Like I, I use an illustration. Like if you want to do well in a triathlon, mm-hmm. you could focus on the strategy you're going to take during the race about, you know, how much water to drink and when to eat and all the things that happen in, in a day long endurance test. Right. I guess that's valuable, but you better focus on your training, right? Because if you get to the starting line and you're out of shape, I don't care how good of a strategy you've got. You ain't going anywhere. Right. Right. So most of us put too much attention on the starting line. Like, Mm -hmm. Roy, where do I go to meet someone? How do I get them to approach me? Or how do I approach them? What do I say? How do I flirt? How do I dress? They're talking about race day strategy, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. How do I get on the starting line? Okay. Right. valuable stuff. But if you get there and you're not in relationship shape, it's just going to go the same way it always has. Yes. If yeah. I hadn't stopped and found out about Roy, the rescuer, I would still be in this loop mm-hmm. going on. Right? right. So that's, that's the mistake is we focus on them. Either it's there to blame or how do I find them instead of doing the work here. Yeah, and, and I was, I was just I'm thinking a, too, yeah. the benefit of getting into relationship shape is that in the process, you discover and become more of your authentic, loving self. Yeah. Right. The benefit. I, mean, I know that was for me. I, I right. that was like, oh my gosh. Like, <laughs> I mean, yeah. it's really what you're doing is you're getting to the core of who you truly are without right. all of these other, you know, attachments and right. team beliefs. Right. And, and, and right? this is something and we haven't talked and, about, but right. Yeah. The, the more that you work on you, a healthier version of you comes out at work with your friends, with your children. It's not, this is, this is far beyond you and an intimate yeah. partner because yeah. wherever you go, there you are. Right. right? Exactly. So, yeah. you know, so yes, the, 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 the payoffs of this are unbelievable. Right. When you begin to have some of these aha moments about your personas and about some of these relationship muscles that you're not, you know, that are not, you know, in great shape. Right. I'm curious. So you did all the work on yourself and then you meet your, your wife. Now, when you got into the relationship, did you find yourself getting triggered? And if so, how did you, of how course. did you handle that? That's the purpose of a relationship. Yeah. Is to trigger you so you can grow. See, a lot of people think right. the purpose of a relationship is to find someone to meet my emotional needs. Yeah. Right? To fill, to fill my void. I have four of them. Fill my void, fix my problem, uh, finish my story. Oh, I'm unlovable, I'm undesirable, or help me right. find an identity. A lot of people don't feel like they exist without someone who wants them. So it's right. like I don't feel valuable unless I'm wanted. So we so we have these emotional wounds that come from our childhood, of course, right. right? And most people think, well, the purpose of a relationship is to find someone who will fix that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, good luck, right? Because <laughs> you know, what am I saying? That, right? right? What am I? Right? Exactly. Who wants to? Who's able to? <laughs> yeah. Because I say in my book, life partners make lousy life sources, mm-hmm. right? So we do that, but no, the purpose of a relationship is to help you evolve. Yeah. Right. Right. It's not, it's not, it's not to fix something to bring out. Yeah. To bring out the best. So my wife and I do trigger each other because Mm -hmm. I have attracted someone opposite from me. Like she would never sit on in front of a computer and have a conversation on a podcast. She is a behind the scenes person, right? I can't get enough of this stuff. I, you love this stuff, right? You and I are very similar. We love to be seen and be out there. She doesn't want to be any of that. Right. So, so we do trigger ourselves. But one of the things that I did, because I was so committed, when I understood my persona, that Roy the Rescuer, 
that it was sabotaging me. And if I wasn't careful, it keeps coming back because it's a habit. And I've been doing this since I'm two years old. Okay. Right. So yes. breaking free of this thing is not easy. It, it takes mm-hmm. some work and there's a whole process to do it. But on, the, on our third date, I looked her square in the eye and I told her what I had discovered. So I've been in coaching for a couple of years now. And I discovered that I have this rescuing thing that I do. It's based upon my mother and this, and, she, and she, you know, she's a therapist, you know, so she sort of picked up pretty quick yeah, yeah. on what I was talking about. And I said, I, I don't want to do that with you. I don't want to see you as a damsel. I don't want to treat you that way. You're a big girl, but that is my go-to way to kind of seduce you, to kind mm-hmm. of get you to like me. So I yeah. want, I want to out that to you. I want you to know Roy the Rescuer is sort of right there. <laughs> and if I fall asleep, it's going to come forward. Because if you see that, I want you to call it out. I want you to say, ew, who is that? Is that that rescuing dude? Uh-uh. Right? Because I would fall asleep to it. It was such a pattern that I could fall into it. Yes, and there were yeah, a couple of times true. where mm-hmm. she said, okay, that was really nice and sweet, but that something felt off about it. Was that that rescuing thing? I was like, God, yeah, it was. Thank you. Yeah. I want to marry, I want to marry you. <laughs> if, if, it was vice versa. Like if you're willing to call that out on me right. and, and want me to be my authentic self, you know what I mean? And, 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 and show up with what I need and what I want and not play that game of baby, how can I take care of you? Right. If you want that guy, I'm in. Mm-hmm. And I think when I told her about that, that guy that I don't want to be, but that's there. I think that made her, that's the guy I want. The yeah. guy who's that self-aware. Right. That doesn't want to fall into his shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you yeah. Know, yeah. To tell me about it. Right. But, but I had to, I had to, I had to learn about all that stuff. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So I guess and that's I how I answer yeah, that question. Yeah. What you said, the awareness that is, huge and because then once I'm I'm sure for you too it's like once you become aware of it like you're like oh my gosh right then you really do notice whether it be intimate relationships or friendships or you know co-workers whatever the case is it shows up and you're like oh my gosh and then for me I when I when I do get triggered I do take a step back I'm like whoa whoa, whoa, whoa." Mm -hmm. and and I think um I think the key is too is to not feel guilty that we have these things <laughs> that we've drugged from the past that is still kind of triggering us. It's totally okay. I think yeah. I, I got certified in positive psychology. And the most important thing yeah. I learned from that entire thing is that we're human beings being human. And we're all yeah. built with these emotions and we're all trying to yeah. just figure it all out. And what you said is perfect too, is because yeah through relationship is you do learn so much about yourself. And yeah. I love being in a relationship because of that. Cause I'm always like, Oh yes. Like right. let's, let's see how I'm doing here, you know, right. And see how much exactly. more that I'm evolving and how much more I right. can evolve. And I don't think it's so important to you to have a partner that encourages that yeah. and encourages. Well, if you're what, both on that path, yeah. Then, yeah, yeah, exactly. That's yeah. that's the ball game there. But yeah, I agree that shame just has no benefit in this. Mm-hmm. The shame and the self-judgment and uh, I'm not doing it right. And I made all these mistakes. It's like, I look back at some things I did that I really could judge myself, but I recognized at the time, right? it was my coping mechanism. It's, it's mm-hmm. all I knew how to do. The right. rebounding I did and I didn't, it's all I knew how to do. Now yeah. I'm wiser, but I can't hold that guy responsible for what he wasn't capable of. Right. He, he just, exactly. he wasn't there. <laughs> he right. Wasn't yeah. There. Yeah. So, I was just about so, to, I was just about to say, you are so wise. You are so uh, incredibly wise. And I'm, I'm grateful. Getting wiser every day as I keep making yeah, mistakes. Yeah. And I'm grateful that you did face your fears and jump in yeah. and actually like do all the work and yeah. Found the well, I, I feel like yeah. it it allows me to have something to offer people. Right. Um, it's like, I I've gone down this trail. Let me come back and take you by the hand and let, let's go on the journey together. I, right. sort, of, I, I sort of know the way a little bit. Yep. Right. Yep. Um, and that, that maybe we should 
talk about that a little bit mm-hmm. about, because yeah. I have something to offer your viewers Ooh. here, uh, a free gift that Ooh, nice. I think wraps it up all together. Okay, perfect. So what I'm saying here is the key to the whole thing is getting yourself in relationship shape. Yep. Well, what's your current fitness level? Mm-hmm. Maybe you are in great shape. You're good to go. Then just trust life. You'll meet someone. Great. Yep. But maybe you're not. Mm-hmm. There's a chance if you're listening to this podcast, you're not. Because if you were in great relationship shape, you probably would be in a great relationship and you wouldn't be listening to us. Right. Yeah. <laughs> okay. They just like to listen to us. So if you were going to go to a gym and hire a personal trainer, the first thing a good trainer is going to do anyway is run you through a bunch of assessments. Let me see what I'm working with so mm-hmm. I can put a program together to get you where you want to go. Well, I do that with my clients. Love it. I like, I know where you want to go. You want this healthy, sustainable, sexual, fun, mm-hmm. supportive relationship. Okay. I know where you want to get to. What are we starting with? What's your current fitness level? So on my website, coachingwithroy.com, mm-hmm. okay, right on the homepage, you might even have it in the show notes, mm-hmm. is something called the Relationship Fitness Self-Assessment Test. Mm-hmm. So it's a short quiz I put together, 30 true, false questions, take three to five minutes to take it. Mm-hmm. but it is going to give you a glimpse of your current fitness level. And you can take that information and perhaps then come to me and say, Roy, your test shows that I need to get in better shape. Mm-hmm. Can you put a program together for me? Because I don't want to keep experiencing the same disappointments and drama that I have been. Right. And so I tell people, if you take the test, be prepared for it to give you some feedback that you're probably not in the best relationship shape, right? right? It's like, don't let your ego get offended because even though I wrote the test, I took it mm. from, and my, my wife did too, from the mindset I had before I worked with the coach and before she did some work with her therapist. And of course I scored at the worst level, the <laughs> dangerously out of shape level. Cause which means the test is somewhat accurate because I was not, I had drama all around me. Right. So if you take the test and it says, you know, you're in the unhealthy category or the overweight category or my category, the dangerously out of shape category, mm-hmm. there's a ripped category, relationally ripped. Nobody's ever scored that. That's for like <laughs> Jesus or Buddha or somebody. Okay. Yeah. So, so give it up that you're the perfect person because you ain't right. So if you can just swallow the ego enough to say, "Mm, this tells me that I got some work to do, Mm -hmm. then call me up and let's put a program together and let's get you in much better relationship shape and be able then to create something that you, that you know is possible with Mm -hmm. another human being. I love it. That's all at coachingwithroy.com. Coachingwithroy.com. And then honest to goodness, I'm going to order that book today, the boot camp one. I love it. I have seen the other one, the attracting lasting love. Mm -hmm. I've Mm -hmm. seen that book before. Mm -hmm. And I love reading books like that. I mean, again, like I love improving myself all the time. Right. Yeah. That one, the the subtitle is breaking free of the seven barriers that keep you single. So in that book, I talk about the ways that we are self-sabotaging sort of quote, the negative things, Mm -hmm. seven things. This book, I kind of talk about the seven things we need to do positively. Yes. Right. Strengthening the seven muscles. So they, they don't really overlap, mm-hmm. but they, they, they sort of help you do the self-awareness work. Mm-hmm. I'm aware of, you know, how I'm sabotaging myself. Now I'm aware of the muscles I need to get stronger, yes. uh, but this is the newest one. Um, and it's, you know, audio paperback. This is the only one that's an audio version. The other ones are just paperback and e-back. Oh, and, I was going to ask you actually, if it was an yeah, audio. Audio for that one. Right. Yeah. I, someday I'll record and do audio for that one, but. Yeah. It's, it's, that's like the thing audio. now, you know, it's just like what we're doing now. People love to just sit and listen. And sometimes yeah. I'm on the treadmill and I'm like listening to yeah. podcasts and books. Me, and- too. <laughs> Me too. Thank you so much, Roy. You have been Bianca Lana, Bianca Lana. There you go. you there have you. been absolutely amazing. Thank you. And well, I'll leave everything for having show me. notes for everyone. And uh, yeah, we'll be in touch. I am ordering that book today. Fantastic. Thank book you very camp. much. I'm going to get in shape. There you go. <laughs> Thank you, Roy. Bye-bye. Bye. And now for the nuggets of midlife wisdom from today's show. Number one, those who don't learn from their history will just repeat it. 
Number two, we all come out of our childhoods with a psycho-emotional shape that will go with someone else's psycho-emotional shape. Number three, the law of attraction can work for you by changing your shape. Number four, do the work, find your relationship shape, change your shape, and that changes everything. Number five, a wall will keep you safe, but it will also keep you single. I love that. People can't get in to hurt you, but they also can't get in to love you either. Number six, your goal is to meet the next person with a clean emotional slate. Number seven, as you are dating, are you revealing or concealing? Are you living your life out loud? Number eight, the purpose of a relationship is to help you evolve. Roy, thank you so much for sharing your relationship wisdom with us today. It was so awesome. Midlifers, make sure you check out the show notes for links to Roy's website and how to get a complimentary coaching session with Roy. If you'd like to see this interview on video, please subscribe to the Midlife Makeover Show YouTube channel. And if you're not already, make sure you follow me on Instagram at Wendy underscore Valentine underscore, where it's always a party on my page. And one last thing, if you are interested in receiving a free Midlife Makeover and be coached by me, myself, and I, then please email me ASAP definitely by June 30th at hello at wendyvalentine.com. All right. Thanks for listening to today's show. You guys get out there and be bold, be free and be you. Did this podcast inspire you, challenge you, trigger you to make a change or make you spit out your coffee laughing? Good. Then there are a few ways you can thank me. Number one, you can leave a written review of this podcast on Apple iTunes. Number two, You can take a screenshot of the episode and share it onto social media and tag me, Wendy Valentine. Number three, share it with another midlifer who needs a makeover. You know who I'm talking about. Okay, friend, I am so grateful for you and I can't wait to hear from you. Cheers from the RV. Here's to taking the road less traveled.